Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the picket line back to the silver screen and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me is always Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, Mike, I finally was able to see a movie that people were able to promote. At the very last minute. (laughs) Literally the last day (laughs) before it dropped. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, the strike ended. And um, the next day, Brie Larson and I think Tom Hiddleston were on (laughs) The Tonight Show or talk shows promoting these Marvel things. It's clearly Disney had first dibs on who gets to get on The Tonight Show once the strike is over. I wonder if that was like part of the negotiations (laughs) at all, like um, like between the studios, like when this is over, who gets who gets to send their people out? Um, Disney clearly won that uh, coin toss. 100%. 100%. Um, Go figure. So I, never, I never would have expected that. Never. Not in a million years. Um, but yes, clearly, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We're talking about uh, the strikes. We're talking about Marvel switching up some release dates and some other tangential Marvel stuff. Um, speaking of Marvels, Steve saw the Marvels. We'll get a couple of thoughts from him on that movie. I have not, so they will. Those, these thoughts will be spoiler-free, so right. no worries. If and you similarly, seen Loki, uh, Mike has seen the finale of Loki. I've seen sure 25 have. minutes of the finale of Loki, so I don't know <laughs> if he no wants most. to drop something on that, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll step out if that's the case. Sure. Because um, that one seems uh, to be it's going to need to be spoiler-heavy. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I don't know. I mean, I can talk about it. I don't okay. have to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything if people haven't seen it. Um, what else? We're talking about uh, Warner Brothers being a boneheaded studio still. We're talking about a couple trailers and some comics news, comics reviews, a couple one-shots for you tonight. Um, kicking things off, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Funky Town Comics and Vinyl in Camillo's, New York. Check them out for all your comics and vinyl and toy needs. Um. Yeah, nothing else to say about them other than they are excellent and continue to be excellent. Um, uh, last reminder before this uh, event happens, Steve and I will be at Saratoga Comic Con this coming Saturday and Sunday. Um, I mean, we'll also be in the area Friday evening. Um, but yeah, if you're in the Saratoga area and you want to look at some nerd stuff, there's a whole con going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look up Saratoga Comic Con. Uh, we're at Booth. Was it 92? I think so. I think I saw. I think it's 92. So uh, check your maps, folks. We'll be at booth 92. I'll be slinging and signing uh, comics that I have written. And if you want to just talk to Steve and I about nerdy stuff, um, we can do that too. We'll probably. I don't know if you've noticed, if you're listening to this, we can talk about nerdy things. That's what we do. (laughs) We were together earlier in the day and we talked about nerdy things. Right. Um, It's just what happens. So um, that's happening. Uh, confirmed uh, it is 92 for the record yes that's what i thought and uh make sure you're following us following us on socials because we'll probably be posting pictures from the con and um maybe some content updates and things like that uh real quick before we dive into the news proper i just want to follow up real quick um because we got some good engagement on a post i put on social media this week based on a conversation we had on last week's episode uh, that was a question posed to us by somebody in the chat. I believe his name was Travis. And yep. he said, we were, t- we were talking about um, the article that mentioned that Marvel is 
considering bringing back the original Avengers, including Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson's uh, Iron Man and Black Widow, bring them back from the dead to help combat declining interest in the MCU. Um, by the way, this week, Kevin Feige denied that they've ever talked about that. He said that in an interview this week, so who knows? Of course he's going um, to, though. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about, the, the question was, has can you name a time when characters have been, have been brought back from the dead and it actually worked? Now, in the clip that I posted online, the context wasn't really there because, Steve, you and I were talking about uh, like a TV or a TV show or a movie that decided that for dramatic effect or for like narrative sense, this character has to die and then panicked a while later or whatever. This didn't work. Uh, What do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And said, um, oh, wait, no, this character has to come back. We have to bring this character back. Um, And not even really that, but like in a way where you weren't 100% sure that they were going to come back when they died. Like the, one of the things I talked about last week was Superman in Batman versus Superman justice league. Like, yeah, sure. It works when he comes back to life, but yet we also knew he wasn't going to stay dead. Like that wasn't a thing. So some of the ones we got were of that ilk. Uh, A couple people said Gandalf, uh, which is a great point. However, that's like written into the story. That's based. They're adapting an existing thing. It wasn't like they killed Gandalf off off for ratings and then right. brought him back in season twelve <laughs> or something. Also, you know, if you go into the Legendarium, it's like it's the same Maiar, but it's a different persona, and it, there's a whole weird shit. There's a whole thing. Um, but if you're but, just watching the movies, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone mentioned a character from the TV show Lost that I won't spoil, um, but that doesn't really count because. If you know that show, the character that dies comes back. It was revealed later to not really be him, so I don't think that really counts. Someone also said Endgame, which I guess is good, but again, that's a thing to me where it was just like, I know all these characters are coming back. Like I was not thought for one second that we weren't going to get, you know, uh, Sebastian Stan back as Winter Soldier or whatever. Like I knew that was going to happen. So, yeah. um, uh, an example I thought of, Steve. I don't know if you spent any time thinking about this, but I thought of almost immediately as we hung up uh, of our last podcast um buffy the vampire slayer um Mm -hmm. uh spoiler alert she dies twice in that show and again it's named after her so you could make the argument that yeah probably pretty sure she's going to come back but that show is a great example of what you and i also talked about last week where if a character dies the only way it works or the way it works best if you're going to bring them back is you have to do the work to build up to that bringing them back and to like kind of show the fallout or the consequences of either their death on their friends and family or just like on themselves. What are they like? Are they changed by the experience like that kind of thing? And that show handles it very well. So um, if anybody out there has any other examples of characters being written out of a show, being killed off in a film series or anything like that. And again, this is not comics. We understand it happens in comics all the time. Kids, kids, well, yeah, kids, adults, characters of any kind. Killed, brought back, all the time. We're talking TV and movies. Do you have any other examples of that where it worked? I believe Travis's original example was uh, Star Trek Search for Spock. Um, if you have any other examples, let us know. I'm just curious. I'm curious now. Write them in. Let us know. Oh, you Move. know what? What? We were talking about one? it earlier today. What's Phil that? Connors. Uh. <laughs> Groundhog Again, Day? yes, it may maybe you know You're built right. into the movie. However, it's kind of it the is a, point a, of the on movie. a technicality. It does qualify. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
okay, moving into our uh, proper rundown. Yes, you heard it here, not first, probably, unless you just really don't follow any other news outlets. Right. Other Adam, you might have heard it here first. Everybody else, yeah. you probably heard it before. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, you might have heard it here first. Um, uh, SAG After Strike has ended. Um, they announced it earlier this week. A deal has been reached between the studios and the actors. Um, where did the actors get the things that they wanted, more or less? Again, similar to the writer's strike, this is a deal that the studios could have made on day one of the strike, and they just decided to dig in their heels and be jerks until they eventually just gave the actors what they wanted. Um, and what did the actors get? They got general wage increases across the board, um, different percentages for background actors. Background actors actually got a heavier percentage of, of an increase than uh, main actors. Um, but uh, built into the structure of this deal is two additional incre uh, increases scheduled uh, over the following two years of the contract. This is only a three-year contract. So three years from now, we might be facing another strike if uh, things don't, you know, just continue to improve. Right. Um, we also got, they also got the creation of a new fund to pay performers for future viewings of their work on streaming services. So like a fund that will help pay uh, kind of residuals um, for repeated viewings of those things on streamers, which is something that was very much lacking. I uh, got more money um, for the reallocation of actors who have to move to appear in a TV series. So like, mm. I guess helping people move or find places to live or something. That's pretty cool. Um, all productions well, yeah, now are recorded. Think, think about where, like if they're filming somewhere. Yeah. Like even, even bit actors have to relocate for a yeah. decent amount of time. Absolutely. So. Congratulations, uh, L.A.-based actor. You got the lead in a TV series that shoots in Virginia. So <laughs> right. here we go. Pack up. Um, this is something that's been more common on productions lately, but now it is required. Now it is required that all productions hire an intimacy coordinator for any scenes involving nudity or sex. I think oh. that is great. Um, I didn't know that wasn't a thing. So, I mean, yeah, it was not a requirement. It was, you know, like I said, it had been gaining steam and was, it, it's a smart thing all yeah. around for sure. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. Now, dancers who are asked to sing or singers who are asked to dance will be paid separately for both of those skills. I guess uh, prior to this agreement, if you were a dancer and you were asked to sing, you still just got paid for one role. Um, technically, those are two different skills. So studios aren't going to get a, a two for one deal anymore on that. Um, all sets now must have proper hair and makeup artists that are appropriate for the actors that are working on that show, including actors of all different ethnicities and appearances. I think that's a very smart thing as well. And I can't believe, I mean, I can believe it for sure, but it's just, I can just imagine the, uh, frustrations from, you know, uh, a hairdresser on a set that doesn't know how to, you know, a black man's hair or whatever or style an african-american woman's hair or whatever you know it just sounds uh just rough <laughs> rough so that's uh that's a good thing as well and uh the big thing here or one of the biggest things protections against artificial intelligence all productions now must get consent from any actor for whom a digital replica is going to be used that includes background actors Awesome. So this consent includes a specific as possible description of how that digital replica is going to be used. And the consent can only be given for one job at a time. 
awesome. So it's like the consent is per production, not per studio. So it's not like you can just sign, like Disney can't ask you to use your consent and then use it in any Disney thing. Like if you are filming a Star Wars movie, then they can be used on that one Star Wars movie if you give your consent. And then it can't, they can't turn around and use it on the next Marvel movie that they're making or whatever, which is great, great for the actors. And you have to give consent. Um, when AI is being used in a production that the actor is already working on. So let's say, I don't know, like we just mentioned the Marvels, say Brie Larson gave consent for Disney to use AI to replicate her doing some crazy thing in the movie, the Marvels. Great. But they still have to pay her as if she was the actor that did that thing that they did with AI instead. So, um, it, unless it's like I just said, unless it's some kind of crazy thing that only a digital replica could do, they're not really winning anything by not just asking the actors to do it themselves. Cause they still have to pay those actors, um, to do it. Um, and uh, if AI is used to create a digital character using pieces of living actors, like they want to take, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling's eyes and Freezing put them on, on George that. Clooney's face or whatever and add a different hair, just to like, you know, you're designing a, a person or a creature, but you're using yeah, whatever inspiration from other Frankenstein's people. AI monster. Yeah. Each of those actors have to give their consent. And that's the same for deceased actors as well. Whoever owns the estate of those deceased actors also has to give consent for all this stuff. So that is great. Uh, a lot of great protections against um, artificial intelligence taking over the jobs of actors of all kinds. So that's great. Congratulations. This has been, uh, until maybe three years from now, the final, final episode of Strike Watch. Dee -dee 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 -dee. Yeah. It's been a while and i'm sure i'm sure we'll have um maybe not strike watch but strike aftershocks where details come out about some things that sure. have been happening or whatever um as we move forward but it's good to see that you know the the actors have gotten you know most of what they were asking for and uh yeah that things are back in production now the, the there's a much longer conversation as to whether these studios have screwed the pooch too much on various other things to make any of this even matter but that's uh <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different ball of wax yeah yeah for sure um and uh i mean you got to think that a lot of these studio heads have like damaged their reputations with some of these actors right. with either things that have been leaked that they said during negotiations or just the fact that they took so long like this is the longest hollywood strikes in history like it took so long um, just really trying to wear down these actors. Like, you got to, I can't think that any Disney actors, like, oh, I can't wait till the next time I get to talk to Bob Iger. Like, oh, yeah. Know. Well, no. even, I guess that's the other weird thing is even stuff like, uh, you know, the movie I just watched, The Marvels. Yeah. Like, it's currently projected to be one of the worst Marvel openings ever. Yeah. It and is. domestically, it's, anyway. It's like, I, I'll, spoiler alert. It was a fun movie, and it yeah. was a great you, you can just, movie. We can just do your thoughts now. Now that you're talking yeah, about it, might like, as well. Like, there's yeah. no no better better time than here, no better place than now. Yeah. Strike that, reverse it. But um, <laughs> no, it's <was> perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it was you know, I went in again, uh, dropping expectations over the course of, uh, I guess the last couple of years of watching Marvel things, 
<laughs> and didn't need to. Like it was from the wow. jump fun. Like uh, you're you're not going in for a mind bending experience. You're not going in for uh you know Citizen Kane here. Yeah, I went in looking for a fun hour and forty five tight movie, and walked out like very happy. Uh, the post credit stinger was a non sequitur. Or, well, I guess it wasn't complete non sequitur, but it it ties things in, but wasn't necessary to the yeah. rest of the plot. Right. Um. Weirdly, helps Deadpool three. Like that's oh, all. That's cool. all I'll give you. But all right, actually helps that significantly. Uh, but they, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, Tiana Paris and uh, Mont Villani and Brie Larson all like nail their characters quite well. Like you, you feel each of them individually. Um, uh, Ms. Marvel, like Kamala Khan, the cons are back. The, the family is back. Yeah. Uh, gives a perfect amount of comic relief. Um, kind of steals the, the scene every time they're around, just like they did mm-hmm. in Ms. Marvel. Um, uh, I mean, overall it hit all the points it needed to hit. It, there was no point where I was watching it and like, oh, you know, this isn't like there, there was no lull like I've seen in a lot of Marvel movies lately. It was just sure tip to tail. Things kept moving and it was fun and it was enjoyable. And I would 100 percent like recommend people to go watch it. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a while before I can schedule wise. <laughs> but um, yeah, the. Uh, I don't I think I've only really seen one negative review of it and I, i'm sorry one negative review that wasn't that was in good faith i feel like a lot i've seen negative reviews that are just mad that women are leading a movie uh you know just your classic nerd misogynists out there that want that are going to hate it no matter what i did see one guy that you know he's a big i you know i follow him online and he's a big uh marvel guy and comic book guy in general and he said you know it just wasn't for me I hope the people that like it like it, but I didn't. It didn't hit him, and right. you know he he wasn't a fan of the first one either. So like you know it's to be expected. Maybe he just doesn't like the character. I don't know that much about him, but right. he was polite about it. Um, but everyone else is saying yeah, super fun. And honestly, I think the you just you touched on it as well. I think the biggest thing that I am reading about this movie is that Iman Vellani is incredible in it. Oh, everyone absolutely. says that she's she steals the show. She's yep. like a knocks it out of the park. So. Um, yeah, other other thing wait. that was an amazing piece to the puzzle, there was no need to know, like you didn't have to watch twenty three other movies. Really, this. it was very much self contained. They anything that needed the exposition and description got it. Um, you know, it's it's I wouldn't consider it a spoiler, but like if you hadn't seen Wandavision, Spectrum gets her powers in Wandavision. Yeah, they kind of uh, go over that. Carol, her quote-unquote aunt, was nowhere near any of that. So right. she describes to her what happened. Like Makes sense. And then inherently that would describe to the audience what happened. So yeah, yeah, it, it works. Like they, all right. they made it all fit and not feel clunky. Awesome, man. Um, that's Me- cool. Meanwhile, yeah. uh, uh, it did come out that it... Uh, Open to just forty-seven million. Yep, domestically, yeah, and a hundred, like hundred and ten worldwide. I think something like that. Yeah, I thought one hundred and ten worldwide. AP forty-seven the, the domestic. Yeah, uh, I guess like after opening night 
previews, the expectations were dropped to between 47 and 52, and then it just hit 47, which is the low end of expectations. Um, 110 worldwide, but like I said, I don't know, it's getting, it's not getting panned, you know? No. Um, so everything that I see is good, so maybe it'll have a little bit longer legs and, you know, an audience can grow with it or whatever. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, if they, I guess that's the other thing, is if there isn't a crazy drop second week, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, going off uh, your uh, movie thoughts, I'll just quickly say that I thought I'm about Loki. No spoilers at all. I, I'm someone, I feel like I'm in the minority of people that didn't love season one of Loki. I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it, but I thought it was just fine. Um, it was definitely kind of on the lower tier of the Marvel TV stuff for me. Season two, I thought was excellent. I liked season two. It made me want to go back and rewatch season one. I probably won't because I don't rewatch TV very often, but um, uh, I liked season two so much that I was like, whoa, was I just out of it for season one? Was season one this good? Also, season two was really cool, shot really, really well. Um, just like, you know, the TVA and everything, like it just looks cool. Like they're cool sets. There's cool rooms. There's cool hallways. It just like is a very unique look to the show unlike any other marvel thing and the ending is so fun and fast-paced but intense at the same time um it just felt like real kind of like early marvel stuff where i was like this is fun but the characters are taking it seriously and uh you know he's got to stop a world ending threat or whatever like every marvel superhero thing eventually has to do um, but it's funny where it can be and it's serious where it needs to be. And I really liked the, the ending of it. Um, you know, I, I won't go into, uh, spoilers, but I feel like, um, it's a very good place for Marvel to be for the MCU to be at the end of this show. It gives them some elbow room for things they may want to do in the future. And I really like, I really like uh where loki ends up at the end of the series so yes i won't say anything else but check it out if you haven't seen it yet this is from someone who was a little down on the first season second season definitely worth a watch so i was gonna say it's cool. a, I'd, I'd give you lukewarm at best on the season yeah for sure for sure so i know it's cool man this is a weekend that we're talking about two you know, very well reviewed and received Marvel things. It kind of feels good. Like it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh god, it's been a while since we've done that. Hot on two different things. Yeah, and you know, again, Marvel's isn't blowing it up at the box office, but box office is not an indicator of quality. Um, it's an indicator of popularity. Sometimes those things go hand in hand. Sometimes they do not. Yeah. So, um, know, it's just cool. It's fun. It feels like oh, maybe Marvel's getting their getting their groove back. However, if the Marvels does not pick up at the box office. You know that studio heads are just going to go back to, well, we can never make another one of those again, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, Yeah, and that's, um, I guess that's part of, I was actually discussing it with uh, a couple of my other friends this morning. Uh, how dare you talk to other people about well, I Marvel? Have to, I have to talk to other people to get ideas to talk to you about. Okay, that's it, a good point. It's all workshopping. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That it's the writers' room. <laughs> now we're bringing it to right. production. Yeah, um, yeah, they haven't gone on strike <laughs> yet, thankfully. Uh, so we were talking about how um, 
you know, Loki landing the plane and the Marvels actually being decent, uh, there the the studios will likely take all of the wrong things. Yeah, for sure. for the right reasons, they'll take all of the wrong things away from both of these movies or both yeah. the movie and the show. Yep, like there, it's guaranteed. So, yep, I'm not sure. I'm not holding my breath on them unscrewing whatever they've done, but uh, you know, we can hope. Yeah. I hope it just doesn't change whatever they have in motion already. Cause I feel like that's where they really drop the balls when they are, they were in their re- when any studio drops the ball, it was in the reactionary mm-hmm. instead of just like sticking to their guns and doing what they were going to do in the first place. Looking at you, DC looking at you, star Wars. Um, speaking of Marvel movies, there's a few that you will see, but not for a little bit longer than you thought you were going to see them. Of course, as we all knew, we knew that once the strikes were over, we we're going to see a bunch of movies get their uh, dates pushed. Marvel's no exception. Marvel has a lot of movies in production, or did before the strikes. Clearly not all those movies are going to be able to come out now, and they have moved them. Deadpool 3 gets the shortest uh, shortest bump. It's exciting. It was going to come out May 3rd, 2024. Now we only have to wait till July 26th of 2024. So just only like three more months. That's it. Yeah, great. Um, apparently they're like halfway done with that movie, so they don't have too much more to do. They think they can still hit July. Great. Awesome. Thunderbolts. I still don't what? feel good about do you, that. I know. I, so I, part of me thinks that's going to move again. Yeah. Part of me thinks that they're going to need to move it again. Um, Thunderbolts. Should just move off the calendar. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, December 20th, 2024 to July 25th. 2025, that's a pretty hefty move for a film that was just about to start filming. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. See what happens there. Blade! Blade! Of course Blade's going to move. Blade has been in a lot of trouble (laughs) over the last couple years. Apparently it was going to come out on Valentine's Day, 2025. Weird date for a murderous vampire movie to come out. Uh, now it's going to come out November 7th, 2025. So that gets bumped from early in the year to later in the year. So it's going to be, damn, that's so far away. Uh-huh. They announced that so long ago. They announced that three or four years ago, and that's not coming out till the end of 2025. Wild. However, it also was confirmed this week that uh, it's going to be rated R. It's going to be the second MCU R-rated movie after Deadpool 3. So that's cool that they're kind of expanding the R-rated banner a little bit to encompass a character like Blade that serves to be rated R. That was announced Captain, uh, in 2019. Comic-Con 2019. During that time. 2019. Yep. 2019. So over six years later, it will finally... Um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Captain America... Brave New World. Captain America 4 has moved from July 26, 2024 to Blade's vacated release date of February 14th, 2025. Not the longest move out of these uh, crop of movies. However, pretty lengthy. Six, seven months, something like that. Uh, Captain America 4 is said to be going under extensive reshoots. Uh, This is brought to us by Jeff Snyder on the Hot Mike podcast. uh, Undergoing extensive reshoots due to negative testing scores as reshoots are going to be scheduled between January 
2024 through May 2024. That's a long time for reshoots. So extensive is clearly the correct uh, word to be using here. Apparently three major sequences in the film are being cut. And maybe that's part of the reshoots to like reconfigure those. I also am thinking, Steve, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember they announced that the, the, a character was going to be in this movie, Captain America 4, a character named Sabra was going to be in this movie. And she's not like the most well-known character, but uh, I'm wondering if the reshoots have anything to do with her character or what her character is doing because her character, those of you who don't know, I don't know very much about her. What I understand, she seems to be a super soldier for the Israeli army. Yep. Is that more or less correct? She's a, or she's a superhero that works for the Israeli government. Yeah, she's a mutant that uh, is a Mossad agent. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So considering everything that's happening currently, the war between the Israeli government and Hamas in Palestine, I don't know if that would be a good idea to put that character in a movie, unless you're just going to kind of change it somehow. But it just seems like you're playing with fire considering yeah. current real world events. And I don't know if that's part of the reason why the movie didn't test well, but it seems like I, I don't, again, I, no one said this. I just, I just was thinking about it. So I know I could be wrong, but it seems like not a great idea. Maybe to even put that character in a movie at all, especially with the current state of um, the middle East, what's going on over there. Yeah. So, I completely forgot that they had announced that she was going to be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember it was like a weird announcement. Like we were like, "Well, okay, see what they do." That's right. kind of strange. But um, well, and it was kind of on yeah. the wasn't the announcement on the tales of like Moon Knight and Scarlet Scarab and yeah, I think so. It's like, all right, let's throw another female heroine out there and announce it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Either we'll way, see. like again, one of those where who knows why they reshot anything, but if yeah. it wasn't testing well, I'm glad they're reshooting it for sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I always, everyone, I I've always said the same thing about like video games where people always used to complain, Oh, they're missing the release date. And I'm like, well, if they're going to make a shit game, yeah, exactly. Why would, would you, you rather, would you rather have them put it out? Yeah. Same would you rather play a terrible game. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if it's going to be bad, then, then or even if it's going to be mediocre like push it yeah we don't need four you... of these a year <laughs> right right we clearly don't yeah and they don't need to be making them because they're missing the they're missing the ball yeah. especially you know we're hearing reports about bob Iger being really mad that you know people aren't going to see quantum mania or people complain about the effects or things like that like you don't want to piss off your boss either you know yeah. so just take the time make it right um, real quick, Steve, did you hear about these? You mentioned bad video games. Have you, you read about that um, King Kong game that recently came out that is no. apparently abysmal? Oh, yeah. You should look it up. There's like yeah. uh, like cutscenes from it that just look insane. Like you like so bad. Yep. Like you can't imagine that this is a game that was released in 2023. Like so bad. And then like people that worked on the game, I guess, came out saying like, yeah, we weren't given any time at all we were like forced to there was like there was nothing we could do 
the conditions were terrible. I can't remember what's Secrets of Skull Island, maybe, or something like that, but it's a new King Kong game that just looks really, really, really bad. Great. Um, did you find it? No, not yet. Okay. It's not a it's not a high priority. I'm just saying it's laughable. Laughable, the uh, graphics. Like PlayStation 1 or worse graphics. First, uh, first search thing that came back was this new King Kong game is one of the worst games I've ever played. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really... I've only seen like the one cutscene, but like, there was, seemed to be like a still image as part of the cutscene. <laughs> Just Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Right? Awful King Kong... And from Kotaku, Awful King Kong game was made in a year by overworked devs. Yeah. Was one developed year. one According to one developer, the game was developed by no more than 20 people. And it looks like Yikes. it. Yeah, it does look like it. Like, no offense to the 20 people that worked on this, but... Oh, I don't think he... they take offense. I think they know it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, got a cash paycheck somewhere. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, anyway, back to Marvel. Uh, this is kind of a holdover from last week, because I remember I read it before last week's show, and then I forgot to put it in the rundown. Um, but anyway, Marvel has created a new spotlight banner for some projects within their MCU. Um, the spotlight banner is kind of like a way to say uh, this is a thing that doesn't necessarily connect to the greater MCU continuity. You can watch this without really knowing anything. Um, that's kind of what they're saying it is. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, the first project to be under this banner will be Echo, the which is weird because Echo is a spinoff of like two other shows. So it's kind of strange to think that you don't need to have seen those other shows at all to get this but i guess we haven't seen echo so we'll see um uh the name spotlight comes from an anthology comic series that marvel's putting out in the early 70s again a way to like this is just a singular story don't have to worry about anything else um the announcement or the quote from marvel says marvel spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded character-driven stories to the screen and in the case of echo focusing on street level stakes over larger mcu continuity just like comics fans didn't need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy a Ghost Rider spotlight comic, our audience doesn't need to have seen other Marvel series to understand what's happening in Maya's story. So, Steve, Marvel spotlight banner. Apparently, this is going to be like, there's going to be a different intro, logo intro, and different gore from Michael Giacchino, like over the logo, like to really separate it here. Do you think this is going to be beneficial or more confusing for people that are jumping into Marvel? Por que no los dos? <laughs> like, why not both? It's probably going to be, it probably yeah. is the right move, but it's also probably going to be more confusing. That's exactly how I feel. Too. I think it's a good move for sure. Yeah. But it's like, it's a one more thing you have to explain to people who are interested. <laughs> like, I want to check out these Marvel movies. Okay, well, you got to start here, and then you can you can watch in this order, or you can watch in the timeline order. But uh, but this over here is a spotlight thing, so this you can watch anytime. This doesn't have the time. It's just like one more thing for people to remember. So I guess we'll see how it does, how long it lasts before they forget the original purpose of it, and they release Echo Season 2, and it's a super tie-in with Captain Marvel or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. you know, well, before they can't help themselves anymore, you know? So we shall see. Um, 
Did I say anything earlier about studio heads being uh, horrible? I, I mean, we were we talking did. about strike. I might have said that, right? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. I'm going to bring up a specific studio head being horrible. <laughs> the one we already know is horrible? Yeah. yeah. David Zosloff yep, from Warner Brothers Discovery. I was thinking the other day when I read this story, I was thinking about how I was, um, when he first came on and gave his first like interview or first like statements about what he wanted to do, he was very, he was so pro DC and how he needed, he wanted to get a Superman movie going and had all these plans for DC and blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, okay. I don't hate this guy. We'll see. And then almost like immediately after he just started doing the most clown headed things. Oh no, I um, do hate this guy. Okay. Cool. I, yeah. Oh, he's a piece of shit. I understand. He's a greedy asshole, just like every other billionaire. Warner Brothers Discovery has decided to shelve another film similar to Batgirl or Scoob Holiday Haunt. Get those uh, actually, more similar man. to what's that? Got to get those write offs, man. Yeah. Uh, this one's actually more similar to Scoob Holiday Haunt because I believe both of these movies were 100% complete and done. A new hybrid live action and animated film that was going to be called Coyote vs. Acme. Uh, I remember when this movie was announced. Um, it's, you know how I don't. The, coyote, <laughs> the coyote, when he's trying to get the Roadrunner, yeah. he buys all this stuff from Acme and it always explodes or like injures yep. him or whatever. He decides to sue the Acme Corporation and okay, hires Will Forte as his lawyer to sue the uh, Acme Corporation. But then John Cena, the other star of the film, is like the CEO of Acme. And so there's like, you know, they kind of start going after each other, I guess. Um, also starred uh, Lana Condor and Eric Bauza as all the Looney Tunes characters. I guess he's the guy that does the voice now. Um, this uh, was supposed to be released this past July. But it was removed from the schedule and Barbie took its place. Um, that worked now, out in hindsight. Yeah, I guess that that did work out for them in hindsight. You got to say that. Got to say that. Um, But now, yeah, they have decided to shelve the movie in favor of taking a $30 million tax write-off. And uh, yeah, sure, Warner Brothers is a company that's saddled with a lot of debt, and part of Zaslav's job is to eliminate that debt. But I think doing it at the expense of the people that you employ is just a terrible way to do it. And an expense of the art, like he is almost single-handedly dismantling the legacy of Warner brothers pictures. One of the most heralded uh, film studios in the history of Hollywood. Um, And they're just becoming a joke because he figured out a way to use government tax laws to you know, line his own wallet. Insane. Um, uh, I've read that this movie was testing incredibly high for test audiences. Apparently it scored in the 90s, which I don't know anything about test scores, uh, film test scores, but I read several people saying, if this is true, then this movie tested higher than probably any of your favorite movies. It is incredibly rare to score that high in test screenings. Yeah. So uh, there's that. And there's also, this is how we know that we're doomed. That we're doomed, as long as Zaslav is in charge. This movie, the story yeah. for this movie, was written by uh, someone that was also producing this movie. A guy by the name of James Gunn. So, 
the head of DC Films has a personal investment and stake in this movie, and that's not enough for them to not put it on a shelf in favor of a tax write-off. Yikes. Insanity. Absolute insanity. DC fans, I'm with you in solidarity. I am one of you, and I we just all need to just white-knuckle it and grit our teeth, and hopefully he hopefully hands off James Gunn. Hopefully. Hopefully is the last James Gunn thing that will get shelved indefinitely for a tax write-off. Yeah. Yeah. To I'm see sick it. of it. Steve, I'm sick of my favorite characters being just manhandled by idiot suits mm-hmm. who don't know what to do. You yeah. know? And I know this is not a DC story. It's a Warner Brothers story, but Warner Brothers owns DC. So like and the fact that this was a James Gunn affiliated <laughs> film just makes me want to tear my hair out. Like it makes me want to say, like, why should I get excited for anything if at a second's notice he could change his mind and put it on a shelf and take a tax right off? Like, yeah. I don't think he will do this with Superman Legacy. But what if he does? What if he does? Yeah. There's no guarantees now. There's no guarantees, Steve. I, I mean, at least at least that's a tentpole. But yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, if any of the weird... Like even if it, what you know, creature commandos. But what if what if Bat, he's just like oh, Batgirl had Batman in it. That was a movie that had Batman in it. Fair. And um, he shelved it. Yeah, I Batman. Batman. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> so has everyone in the entire world. And he decided yeah, to can... not release a movie. Like there, there's with a literally that like... everyone in the entire world loves. Right. There's there's. There's literally three characters that everybody in the world knows, and that's Batman, yeah. Superman, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. And you somehow decided to take one of those and take a movie that featured him and not release it? So that's okay. what I'm saying. And again, that one wasn't done. This movie was 100% done. It was being tested, and it had people like that, like like uh, Netflix and stuff wanted to like bid on it. Yeah. Like, it was done. It was done. They could have gotten money for it from another streamer. Oh my god. What an asshole. Unreal. There's nothing else to say. I'm just like anytime I read this now, I'm just scared. I'm scared for the future of DC and I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's weird to it's weird to be in like the most with James Gunn and Peter Safran, I feel like DC fans, it's the most steady that steady of a like a slate and a future that we've had for like films and shows of DC. But then you get something like this that makes me think like, well, nothing is steady at all. Like, you know, right. We think it's steady on ahead, but then David Zaslav drops an iceberg right in front of us and there's nothing we can do about it. That could happen at any second. Yeah, that sounds about right. And as much as I don't like there was some article we talked about a month ago or whatever, where they said it was possible that uh, Warner Bros. is just going to get sold again or something like that. And as much as I don't want that to happen, I would just, like, I don't want, like, just another corporation to own DC, but, like, if that corporation is going right. to, like, handle it better, then maybe I do want that. I don't know. Like, maybe sell it, but part of the deal is that you get James Gunn and Peter Safran also, you know? Like, you get DC Films goes with you, and that's what you're going to get. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of... As weird as it sounds, it's kind of what happened with Marvel. 
The rights were everywhere. Yeah. Everything was all over the place. And then Disney, after they bought the Marvel properties, was like, nah, screw this. We're going to yeah. do it ourselves. Yeah. So if they had a willing investor, why not? I think you and I could pool the money together. I don't get think so. Make an offer. Damn it. D- right. Depends Maybe on someday. how Saratoga goes for you. I was just about to say that same thing. I was about to make that same joke. Depends on how well we do at Saratoga Comic-Con this weekend. We'll see. Maybe we'll come back with some big news for you people. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, Another uh, less depressing um, DC uh, piece of news. We've got a new trailer for the Dead Boy Detective series. It's going to happen on Netflix. No, um, no release date yet. Uh, this is a series that has been uh, confirmed to take place in the same universe as the Netflix Sandman series, which makes sense because the Dead Boy Detectives characters uh, spun out of a story in Neil Gaiman's original Sandman run. Um, and uh, this looked pretty good. Like, I can't really tell. It was a, it was a cool trailer. It's like poppy and bright and fast-paced. I can't really tell yeah. if the show's going to be good. It was a good trailer. Um, it definitely looked different than we saw versions of the dead boy detectives in a couple episodes of doom patrol, um, which were good, but, and these definitely sets it apart. It doesn't look like the same two actors or, or no. sorry, the same three main actors. It doesn't look like the same, um, it's just, you know, it doesn't look, doesn't look like the same show, which is good. You know, it shouldn't look like, you know, doom patrol, but I'm going to say something um, weird and I don't know how it should be taken. Okay. But the trailer felt like a good version of a cw show yeah i thought that too i got cw vibes it was like like a supernatural or something along those lines but and i know there's plenty of people that love supernatural i've never seen more than like a handful of episodes i think yeah um but like it it had that kind of every everything i've seen from that show very very dark and broody with a light overtone yeah so yeah I, I can see that. I'll give it a yeah. shot. Why the hell not? I mean, and they, I mean, plenty of those CW shows found a lot of success, like DC stuff, Arrow, The Flash, like yeah. that whole like Arrowverse thing. That was like really popular with fans. So maybe this strikes the same chord. Um, Especially now that they're and, not producing those. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because they just announced that season four of Superman and Lois is going to be the last season of Superman right. and Lois. So that'll be officially death of the CW Arrowverse and shows. Did we talk about last week? Uh, the official death of the Doom Patrol. No, but yeah, the ser- we season we haven't because series I, is complete. Yep, I've they not have seen released it, but... the. Uh, I haven't seen the, the most recent drop of episodes because they started in October and I was yep. busy as hell that whole month. But um, I'm very looking forward to sitting down and finishing the show. One of my favorite comic book adaptations of all time. So good, so good. Can't wait. And yes, it is finally finished. Um. And uh, right there, in case James Gunn wants to announce a Doom Patrol movie, just saying, James, it's right there. I'll be there. I'll go. As um, long as Brendan Fraser comes back, then absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, Neil Gaiman also uh, hinted, casually hinted, um, without any specifics or spoilers, that there may be characters from the Sandman show popping up in uh, Dead Boy Detectives oh, okay. episodes. Um, maybe during the origin um, or whatever, because I believe Morpheus is involved in that story at some point, although tangentially. Um, so we shall see. 
we shall see. And it made me excited for more seasons, another season of the Sandman, which they're still working on too. So great. Uh, another trailer that we got this week, kind of a big trailer for uh, what we now know is called Ghostbusters Frozen Empires, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, also a legacy sequel to the original two Ghostbusters films. Um, no release date yet for this film. It was supposed to come out, I think, the end of this year, but got pushed when the strikes happened or something. I don't remember, I don't know what got pushed, but um, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire trailer shows uh, something going wrong and then a, a in, in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood, yeah, something strange in the neighborhood, yeah, and then someone's got a call Ghostbusters, um, uh, just like a big ice wintry storm freezing the whole city of new york is frozen solid because of some reason and um then you find out it's july yeah yeah um and we get shots of the three surviving original ghostbusters dan Aykroyd, ernie hudson and bill murray and uh we get paul rudd and we get all the other kids and 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 all that stuff the other actors whose names i can't remember Steve, I like what did you think we were of this trailer? Exactly. Same. It's like, remember yeah. Wolfhard? I don't remember the rest of them. Damn it. Um, uh, seemed fine. I still haven't seen Afterlife. Yeah. I just borrowed the uh, Blu-ray of it for... Uh, oh, cool. From my son's friend is obsessed with Ghostbusters, which is weird. Uh, that yeah. All of, like, he has one friend that's obsessed with Ghostbusters, one obsessed with Transformers. He's obsessed with the Turtles. And I'm just sitting here thinking my entire childhood is coming back. So I know back. we've touched on it before, but it's like, all right, <laughs> it's the 80s again. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked Afterlife enough, I guess. Like, I liked all the new stuff that they were doing in Afterlife. A lot of Afterlife, I felt like, was a not very well put together clone of the original Ghostbusters. Like... Like, literally the exact same things. You know how people say, like, Force Awakens is a uh, yeah. just a rehash of New Hope? Yep. That's how I felt about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but, like, times 10. Gotcha. Um, so, I don't know. I am... Um, I had to think about it after I saw this trailer, because I've loved the Ghostbusters my whole life. I grew up with them. Although, I did watch the... I rewatched the original maybe two years ago. And I was like, I don't know if this is as funny as I remember it being. Like, Bill Murray just kind of a real asshole. He's kind of, like, harassing Sigourney Weaver. Like, I kind of just think he's a jerk and not a funny jerk anymore. I don't know. Maybe so I'm just growing out of it. Murray. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ch- kind of changed my whole view on Bill Murray, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm going through a whole thing right now. But kicked off by watching Ghostbusters two years ago and being like, I don't. I don't know if I like this. And like, you know, Rick Moranis shows up. Hilarious. Great. Oh, yeah. Love it. Stealing every scene. Amazing. But then I'm just like, hey, this guy is just a creep. I don't yeah. think he's, I don't know if he's funny. So I should revisit it. But the other thing that I'm thinking with Afterlife and also with this, it's like they're trying to turn Ghostbusters into just this like, uh, like a, a a fandom with this like deep lore and uh like uh like gravitas yeah and like this weight to this franchise of this like i don't know like it's just a comedy it's just a comedy in the 80s and like this trailer doesn't seem like a comedy to me it seems like a marvel movie 
And it yeah. seems like they're trying to change Ghostbusters into a Marvel movie. And like the tone of the original Ghostbusters is hard to beat because it is perfectly balancing like comedy, drama, sci-fi, and horror, like all at the same time. Like it's balancing those four things equally and excelling at all four of them. Like my feelings about it aside, it's excelling at all four of those things. I don't know that any of the other sequels or reboots attempts have really hit that tone, including Ghostbusters 2. Like, Ghostbusters 2 is fine. It's not as good as the first one. Because it's a hard to strike those balances. I think, yeah. like, the Paul Feig remake with Melissa McCarthy and Christian Wig, like, that was a comedy, but it wasn't, like, it did, wasn't nailing the the drama or the the parts that were taken. Like, no one in that movie was taking anything seriously. And there right. are times in the original Ghostbusters movie where they are taken seriously. This is a real threat to New York. And, like, I didn't really feel like no, one, no, I didn't think anyone was in danger in that movie, in the, the Paul Feig remake. Yeah, fair. And then in, Aft, in Afterlife is when they start, like, adding this, like, like, we're supposed to just be astounded by the lore of the, the history of this franchise. And just, like, there's, like, it's just three movies, and two of them aren't great, and one of them's fine, one of them's good. Like, right. It's supposed to be just make a make it funny. I don't know. It's just like the tone seems off to me. The tone seems like they're going for like some now here's the next epic chapter of just like I just want a funny right. movie where they zap ghosts. I don't know. They're just they're getting well, away from what it we're back to the felt same like original. Marvel concept of like yeah. I was I part of me was as happy as I was with the Marvels because it was just like hey it's a movie right yeah yeah, yeah. not this crazy interconnected you know you don't need a D and D campaign for yeah. like your cinematic yeah. universe it's just like right. hey give me a movie if it involves ghosts slap a ghostbuster thing on it if it makes sense and it's good then we'll like it yeah yeah i mean it also came like that first one was just like there was a story but a lot of the lines were like improvised right before right. they shot and it was you know it was it was those it was that very team much of, that, yeah, that post, uh, post SNL eighties. Yeah, it was that team that, of like all gifted improvisers being like, "What's the funniest thing we can say in this yep. scene right now?" And then shooting it, and you know that worked with like Ivan Reitman, the director, and all that stuff too. Yeah. But like, I don't think these movies are are being made like that. These those like now no. now it's like too big of a risk to like do make a movie that way. So everything's got to be like finely scripted, right. and it just it just when in actuality as, you could probably cut your budget like crazy if you did that. Oh, um, 100%. And make a funnier movie. Yeah. I mean, look, sure. at, look at Caddyshack. Yeah. Another Bill Murray masterpiece where he and Chevy Chase couldn't be on the same set and had one of the right. best scenes in movie history together. They right. took it in one take, improvised the whole damn thing, and that was that, and they went on their merry ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Speak, speak, I didn't sorry, hate, speaking, I didn't hate this trailer. Dicks, uh, Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I, I didn't hate this trailer. I thought it looked fine. It just doesn't, yeah. it, it feels like they're trying to re, and they're also pointing as nostalgia. Like they're trying to recapture a feeling that was never part of the original movie. So it's kind of like they're positioning it yeah. as, remember how this movie made you feel? Like, no, because this is not how that movie made me feel. That movie just made me laugh. And I was scared a little bit. And this movie just different. Anyway, I like that it's different. I like that it seems like, you know, them fighting in an ice storm is something radically different when the last movie felt like a huge clone of the same thing that happened in the first movie. So um, I like that part of it. I'll be interested to see more. I will, I'm, I will definitely watch this movie. I don't know if I'll go to the theater to see it, but I'll definitely see Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Or maybe I'll wait to see how the reviews are, but we'll see. Right. 
but it's out there. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet, that trailer. Um, Steve, you got a comic book to review, my friend? I do. Do you? I have two. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. I'm not, I am I haven't read one of them yet. I mean, I haven't finished one of them. Oh, I was going to say, how do you review it without reading it at well, all? One <laughs> this is cover a, looks pretty. <laughs> I'll, I'll, it, all right. it, it will all be revealed. I'll go first then. Uh, because uh, I am revealing the, I'm revealing, revealing the cover of uh, Thanos, Ooh. Return of the Mad Titan, number one. What a reveal. So, uh, yeah, Thanos, uh, for many years at this point, um, like post-Infinity Saga and whatnot, was uh, was pretty well banished and not uh, yep. not heard from. He's on his way back. Um, he back. And legitimately back and in Southern California. Um <laughs> sorry okay. for any for anyone not watching the video mike just spit took it uh in southern california <laughs> not expecting him to be in southern california yeah so um the or book... or earth in general was right. not expecting <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the book opens with um you know you're you're following around um your new protagonist uh through this whole thing um who is a you know a waitress at a restaurant or okay. something i believe um, from what I could gather from the art and whatnot, uh, goes through normal couple couple pages of panels of normal day stuff. Uh, interacts with a lady who thinks she recognizes her and whatnot. You're hearing things over the radio. Um, all of a sudden, uh, Thanos' spaceship shows up over Fresno, mm-hmm. California. Oh, and uh, okay. yeah, is uh, looking for you find out this lady oh. who you've been following. Um, wow. There is a new Illuminati uh, uh, appearance. And uh, if anyone has not read, um, well, if anyone has read the uh, Infinity Saga, you know who this is. If you've seen the Infinity Saga, you'll have no clue who this is. Wait, if you've read uh, it, Sorry, say it again. If you've read the uh, Infinity Gauntlet yeah. series, you will know yeah. who this lady is uh, that Thanos is tracking down and obsessed with. If you have oh. seen it in the movies, you will have no clue. Uh, oh, so, so it is revealed that that's who it is. By the yes end of the and no, yeah. Um, okay. Basically, Tony Stark, Emma Frost, uh, Mr. Fantastic, uh, Blue Marvel, and somebody else show up and are saying oh the blocks are still in place and uh like the the scion the psychic blocks are still in place and blah 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 and at the oh, end you, it's okay thanos there and you're like hmm, okay i think i know who that is okay i was gonna ask what she would be doing in fresno california by the mental okay yeah she's blocked but um you know what? So it's uh blue marvel what? is part of the illuminati yeah yeah it's uh Apparently. I guess I don't know enough about that character to... I don't either. ...understand why he would be on... I don't either, but he's there. All right. I believe you. Interesting. So, um, yeah. uh, Christopher Cantwell. um, Let's see who else was on this. It was like, I know Cantwell wrote it. Uh, Luca Pizzari uh, on the illustrations and colors by Ruth Redmond. So... um, you know, it's the Mad Titans back. Like, why not? 
Wow. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um. Well, I have two. Like I said. Oh, actually, no. Uh, almost even better. Uh, oh, okay. Hulk versus Thanos is the next issue. Next issue. That's dope. Yeah. So, if you want dope. two really large, colorful people going at each other, pick up the second issue too. Heck yeah. Uh, well, the one that I haven't finished yet, and I will update you when I do, uh, is my first manga, Steve. I'm reading okay. a manga called Joker. That is um, one more than I've ever read. Yeah, yeah. And I I thought it would be good to, you know, I've never read a manga before, so I might as well ease into it with a character that I love. Yeah. You know, and it's a DC one. Um, it is by uh, Satoshi Miyagawa and... Kisuku Goto. I'm sure I butchered those names, and I'm sorry. Uh, classic me. Um, this is okay. I'm not sure. I'm not too far into it. Yep. I've read like the first chapter or so. A little over. Uh, reading it backwards is very strange. That's hard to get used to, for sure. Like, this is... I'm holding the book like this, but like... You open it like backwards. Are you seeing... You seeing yeah. How I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you start with this page. This is how mangas work. And you read this, and then it goes like down. And then this is great audio for the people that aren't watching on YouTube. And you know what? Also, terrible video, really. So yeah, you have to go like, huh. Yeah, it's really strange. And it's okay. hard to get used to. Um, the part, though, but that's fine. The, the part that is throwing me more is that, and this is what kind of throws me from... Uh, watching anime or watching anime some, or dubbed anime, I should say, is that a lot of time the translation into English is very awkward. Yep. And so I'm reading sentences that like are just like clunky, like no human being really talks like this. And I can tell that it's a translation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of taking me out of it a little bit because, um, yeah, because it's just worded strangely because of the translation. And I don't know, like, like if I'm watching an anime, I'd rather watch with subtitles so I can just like read exactly what is being said. Yep. Um, but you can't really do subtitles with print, so I don't know how to fix that in this case because I don't think I'm going to be able to learn Japanese. Uh, it's probably not. So anyway, I've started this. I like it. It's a very interesting story where um, Joker and Batman are fighting in a chemical plant, as they do often. Um, There's but it a is lot Batman. of plants in Gotham, for the record. Or there's one that just is gets all the action. I don't know. It's just been decimated seventeen thousand so times. times at this point. Uh Batman falls into a vat of chemicals. Does he come out as a Joker? No, comes out as a baby. And then Joker decides to raise him. Uh and so yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> really weird. Joker's taking care of a baby and loving it and trying to do it, do like actually be like a good dad. It's really wild, wild. So I will finish it. I will give you an update on that when that happens. Uh, the regular book um, that I have, this is not a new book. Steve, it's one that you have read. This oh. one is being re-released. Okay. And it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Row. Yes. <laughs> yes, my friend. Um. The, so the book this that was, single-handedly got me back into turtles. Yeah. Yep. And um it's bigger. I didn't measure it, but like it's bigger than a standard comic book, yep. uh, which is great. 
um, full color amazingness. Um, story by Eastman and Laird as normal. Uh, written by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Um, Kevin Eastman also did uh, the pencils for it, which is great, and like all the layouts and stuff. Um, inks by Aso and Isaac Escorza. Um, art by Ben Bishop. Color assistant by Samuel Plata. Colors by Louis Antonio Delgado. Um, yeah, this is a great book, dude. I mean, you know, I don't have yeah. to sell you on it. Um, and I know we've talked about it before, but if any of our listeners have missed it, it is the future. All the Ninja Turtles are dead except one, and you don't know who it is. You don't know which one it is until right. the end of the issue. I knew going in, so I was kind of like looking for hints, and they do a real good job of not giving any hints. They at really all. do because basically um, the 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 turtle is he has all of their weapons. He's got all the weapons, and he's got all the masks. Yeah, he's wearing a black one. Um, but it shows at one point that he still carries around all of the colored yep. masks as well. Um, it is awesome. Uh, just like cool action packed stuff, riding on a car that's being driven out of a building or through a billboard, like, yep. um, super action packed. He's trying to work his way up an office building to, uh, kill the CEO of the building. That's also related to, he's also related to shredder somehow. And yeah, as a, like a revenge grandson, grandson of yep. shredders, grandson. Um, he's doing it uh, because Shredder's grandson, I guess, is responsible for the death of his brother. So he's exacting revenge. Um, and uh, I mean, spoiler alert, he doesn't get there by the end of this issue. Um, but uh, like I said, they're re-releasing it um, in like these expanded uh, uh, kind of like prestige format books. Highly recommend if you're looking for a reason, if you love the Ninja Turtles or you're looking for a reason to get back in the Ninja Turtles like Steve was. Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin. Funky Town Comics has issue one right now. I'm not sure when the re-release of two is coming out. But it's there for you right now. Right now. Gorgeous book. Really fun. Really cool. Lots of surprises. Check that out. What else is going to be in your local comic book store this coming week? Alien number one. Now, Steve, I am pretty sure this is the third time in the last year that I have said Alien number one on this rundown. So what's going on with Marvel and Alien? They just keep rebooting their Alien series? I have no idea. I also have no idea. Every time you announce it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's an Alien series. Yeah. But they're starting over, I guess? I don't know. Like, when they first, when like, after, after the, uh, you know, everything, the 21st, 20th century Fox acquisition, all that got sorted out, they announced Predator comics and Alien comics. I bought the first Alien comic. It was good. I liked it a lot. And then, Maybe got issue two, but then I fell off. I didn't get the whole thing. And then like six months later, they're like, alien number one. I was like, what? I already have that. And now we're here again. Alien number one. I don't know what's going on. Are they maybe doing they're doing like just shorter arcs. Minis? Yeah. Maybe it's just a bunch of miniseries, which is kind of a cool idea. Okay. It's like, I don't so, know that alien is a franchise that really lends itself to like a very, like a ongoing, right, yeah. very lengthy ongoing story. You know, they're monster stories. So it might make sense if there's only like, eight issues and then they start over again you know so you're not mistaken uh there was an alien one in 2021 there's yep. an alien one in 2022 and now okay. an alien one in 2023 okay so less than okay so <laughs> i was wrong about the uh the frequency at which they're coming out but once a year i guess they're rebooting the series well i think that's smart you give yeah. a 12 issue arc you move on you put different people in a different situation with a killer alien 
I think that's smart. Good for them. Anyway, back to these comics. Alpha Flight number four, Batman and Robin number three, Big Game number five, Black Panther number six, Blade number five, Coda number three, Danger Street number 11, Daredevil number three, Deadpool seven slaughters number one, Detective Comics number 1077, Deviant number one, Fantastic Four number 13, Ghost Rider number 20, Green Lantern number five, Immortal Thor number four, Gene Gray number four, Looney Tunes number 275, Outsiders number one. I'm, I feel like we get all these reboots and stuff. I think it's cool when I can read Looney Tunes number 275. Like, that's awesome. Detective Comics 1077. Like, that's cool. Stop rebooting. You get these like high numbers and it's like impressive. I guess maybe it also scares people away. You know what I mean? But. I mean, like four, five, one, three, five, like 275 issues of Looney Tunes. That's cool. Eh, anyway. Outsiders, number one. Red Sonia, 2023, number five. The Rocketeer in the Den of Thieves, number four. Speed Force, number one. Spine Tingling Spider Man, number two. Star Wars Dark Droids, number four. Star Wars Dr. Afro, number 38. Star Wars Visions, Peach Momoko, number one. Superior Spider Man, number one. Superman Lost, number eight. Uncanny Avengers, number four. The Vigil, number six, a series that I've really been enjoying. Wheel of Time, The Great Hunt, number one. And World's Finest Teen Titans, number five. Steve, did you know about that Wheel of Time book coming out? No, I didn't know about the first one either, apparently, because that's the second book. Oh, there you go. Um, It's out there. Yeah, so... You did mention uh, Deviant Number One. For anyone who doesn't yeah. know what that is, that is James Tinian's latest uh, side project. It is dubbed a Christmas story uh, yep. by James Tinian and Joshua Hexen. Hexen, um, it uh, may not be the Christmas story you're thinking of. Um, <laughs> the, the the tag is as snow falls over Milwaukee in 1972, a bloodstained Santa Claus commits unimaginable atrocities against young men. Fifty years later. Troubled young writer interviews this so-called deviant killer who still maintains his innocence from behind bars. Uh, Woo! Yep. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, for anyone who is interested, I am one of those people. Um, basically, it says James Tinian on it, so I'm at least going to give the number one a read through and see how sure. it goes. Uh, but uh, Funky Town is doing another midnight release of that. So Heck yeah. uh, by midnight release, they mean eight o'clock, I believe. On Tuesday, well, it starts at eight o'clock. Yeah, starts at eight o'clock on Tuesday. Uh, they'll be open till midnight, I believe, yep. or close enough. If not, then you know, tell Jesse he can yell at me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, check them out and show up there and uh, grab your copies. Uh, Are you planning to be there, Steve? I am debating whether I have enough brownie points after having to go to Saratoga this weekend with you. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I believe I will be able to get there late, but yeah. Yeah, I am planning on stopping by because I also want to check out this comic for sure. Yeah. Um, murderous Santa Claus, James Tenney and the Fourth. That's all I really. That's all I need. Oh, I really. Uh, oh, really. All I need is Jim James Tenney and the Fourth. But yeah, I hadn't seen this quote. Uh, and and I quote from Tinian. This is me leaning on my deep and powerful love of David Fincher and the stories of Hannibal Lecter. Ooh. Okay. All right. Sure. Well, <laughs> it's haunting you're... and serious, but it's also got a fucked up serial killing Santa Claus. I am sold on this book. <laughs> I'm sold on this book. Uh, so yeah, Funky Town Comics, Tuesday night. 
uh, starting at eight o'clock, going until midnight. Get your advanced copy of The Deviant, number one from James Tinian, Murder of Santa Claus. Um, say hi if you see me there. Say hello. Um, Murder pulling is, any other Murder books? Read anything? Say hi. <laughs> yeah, say hi. <laughs> uh, are you still pulling Jean Grey? Uh, yeah, I believe that is still on my list. Alpha Flight, I liked, but I just needed to trim. Um, to going down through Deviant, uh, to Ghost Rider, Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean Grey, I'm going to pull. Simonson's doing a great job with that. Uh, it's basically, yeah. you know, recapping her through her life. Like, you get Jean Grey's arc in a nutshell in this book. Um, which is, it's a great, uh, consolidation. The mm-hmm. Star Wars Visions Peach Pomoko, I am a hundred percent grabbing. Um, yeah. that, I mean, it, it, it also, part of me also wants to get a Momoko penned book, uh, because of her taking over the Ultimate X-Men just to get uh, a feel yes. for how, how that's going to go. So, um, definitely, definitely thinking that. And then uh, Superior Spider-Man, I'm torn on because the original was so god dang good. Yeah. So it's like, do I want to dive down the rabbit hole or just wait for a trade or what? Right. Yeah. We'll see. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely getting the Vigil, number six. Uh, it's a Ram V uh, oh, yeah. book that I've enjoyed quite a bit. Um, kind of like new, a new, it's within the DC universe, but uh, um, just brand new characters, um, just like a new uh uh, what's the word like a black ops superhero team kind of okay um really cool stuff um that might be it that I'm, I'm i mean the only thing that i'm pulling is vigil for sure um but uh i don't know you know i got that soft spot for that rocketeer so you never know deviant number one obviously i'll be picking up for sure yep um so uh yeah i don't know i did get caught up on my other two pulls poison ivy and um birds of prey Got caught up on those uh, this past week, and I also finally read Batman: City of Madness, which I thought was excellent. As yeah, well. very, I got very cool. I was caught up up until this week, and then uh, they dropped the new the the High Republic yeah, started up Republic. again. So yeah, I've got that and like two X books that were last week's pull, including Uncanny Spider Man, which continues to be amazing. Uh, well, oh great, continues to be uncanny because amazing would be different. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> Tell me if you ever thought in a book with Spider-Man on the cover that there would be a relationship between Silver Sable and Nightcrawler. No, I never thought that. It was definitely not on my bingo but he, cards, but here we are. He's because he is Spider-Man in that book, right? Nightcrawler is Spider-Man. He, yeah, he's book. a Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wild. No, never yeah, thought no, that. But 100% that's cool. wasn't on the bingo cards. But very here we cool. Are. Very cool. Um, we got some one shots tonight, Steve. You want to kick off the one shots? I had two do. of them. Uh, do it. Apparently, I, I don't know if you knew this, but um, since Nintendo is now making all sorts of movies, a we, we le- called this by the way. We uh, called yeah, this. I think we did months ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Legend of Zelda Zelda live action movie has been announced. The film will be co-produced by creator and game developer game developer Shigeru Miyamoto and Avi Arad. It'll be directed by Wes Ball, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Maze Runner series, that that sort of stuff, uh, and written by Derek Connolly, who did uh, Jurassic World. Thoughts? All right. I mean, I think when we talked about it after Mario came out, we were like, "How have they not made a 
Zelda movie. Yeah. It seems insane that they haven't made a Zelda movie yet. And uh, from an article that I read when I was reading about this is that apparently Nintendo was very wary of licensing their stuff for movies after the first Super Mario Brothers movie mm. flopped in like the late 90s. See, so I remember bad. that conversation, though, because we said, why haven't they made a Zelda movie? And how would they make a Zelda movie? Yeah. Because yes. every game is literally... Link doesn't know where the hell he is. He wakes up. Mm-hmm. He has to go save the princess and fight Ganon, Ganondorf, whatever iteration of Ganon it is. Um, yeah. That's that's every game. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know. Def- similar, like, similar to games. Just make it exciting and make it good. Like, yeah. adventure, I feel like adventure is tough for like as, as a genre for also, movies lately. The but. protagonist doesn't talk. Yeah, I feel like they're going to have to change that up. <laughs> or maybe not. Who knows? Hey, yeah. If Who they knows? can make it work, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, last but very not least, or we were talking earlier about um, shifting release dates on the Marvel side. Turns out DC doesn't have that problem, at least with Superman Legacy. James Gunn has announced on social media that, quote, thanks to the efforts of our talented crew, who never lost faith during the longest strikes in Hollywood history and who never let their foot off the pedal, continuing to barrel forward, creating the most amazing character and set designs I've seen in my entire career, Superman Legacy will be making the originally planned release date of July 11th, 2025. That's cool. That's cool that it doesn't get moved. We'll see if it stays that way. Who knows what other possible delays we could be getting down the pike. I don't think they're going to be more strikes necessarily, but you know, actors get hurt or whatever. Like there's, you know, there could be all kinds of delays, but I think because the movie was written, uh, pre strike and at least some of the roles were cast pre strike, you know, all the other behind the scenes people were just free to like, keep developing, keep yeah. doing pre-production and designs and, like right, he's saying, was, like set designers and character designers and stuff, they were like, just go make costumes. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> like, that's, you got a lot of work done. So um, now seemingly you just got to finish casting. And then I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know when they were originally planning to start shooting, but it's possible that they weren't planning to start shooting until now-ish or this, you know, winter anyway. Like, so who knows? But, um, but that's cool. One movie that doesn't have to, you know, find a new date. Right. So. And one we're looking forward to. Even better. For sure. Very much so. Very much so. And Steve, I think tonight that's all I got, my friend. You got anything else? No. And if I hurry up, we might be out of here in an hour and 20 minutes, which is insane. Yeah, um, good for us. So, yeah, if you uh, feel like looking us up on the socials, the Multiverse Report, um, we're on most of them, uh, less so on Twitter recently, uh, since I don't yeah. think either of us have monitored it. But uh, I think Mike just started up a Threads account. Uh, we have yep. something over on Blue Sky as well. Um, check us out there. Check us out. Like, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave a comment. Um, do whatever you can to help trick, you know, various AIs into um, giving us more reviews and more people yeah, watching. Please, um, please. And then feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out and really, uh, really helps push, uh, push things forward for us. Yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, give it a listen sometime. If you're listening, watch it on YouTube sometime. Join yeah. us live. It's a lot of fun. And also, if you like it, tell your friends. We'd love more listeners. 
Um, cause, uh, I don't know. We think we do a good job and we got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. I think. I think we definitely eventually. do. We don't have anything. We can't say anything yet, but we got some cool stuff coming. So stay tuned for that. Um, and hey, again, Saratoga Comic Con this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Steve and I will be there, booth 92. Uh, come and say hi. And that's all for now. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>